Hello and welcome to Easy Operations episode 40. This is your show where we talk about video games, movies, TV show, and just general pop culture stuff. My name is Ron and I'm joined by James. Yo, yo, yo. And Mondo. Hey, what's up guys? And girls. What's up guys? What have you been up to? Oh, let's see. Uh, went to the movies, went to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my weekend. Nothing exciting for me. However, I did get a few pieces of tech, which I'm uh, looking forward to trying out. One what of them is uh, just a dash cam. First time having getting a dash cam for uh, my car. So I'm looking forward to trying that out. And my first foray into uh, overhead wireless headset, not necessarily for gaming, just for uh, everyday purpose use uh, that has active noise cancellation. So um, I picked up this one called the Cohen E7. It's well rated uh, for the budget. And uh, so far, it's been good. Basically, this technology, once you turn it on, it drains the battery a little quicker. But uh, whatever you're listening to, it also uh, captures noise from whatever is outside and then pushes in into your ear uh, an opposite frequency so you can't hear anything that's outside. So it's pretty good. I find it could be a benefit so for travel whenever you go on planes or whatever. Uh, and I'm you know, looking forward to putting more tests into it for long term. You said over the ear headset? It's over the ear, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so that's like the Bose kind of in that same category. That's correct. Yeah, okay, yeah, and let me know what you think of that one because I have been looking for a set like that as well. Sure. Um, and also, I'm just curious, uh, what motivated you to get a dash cam? Do you feel like people are crazy driving out here in LA or what? No, uh, I got it as a gift. Oh, okay. Yeah, so well, it'll be maybe, interesting. Maybe they think I drive horrible. Yeah, and... You can do some nice, uh, sweet driving canyon <laughs> runs I, I and do, do some can... <laughs> initial D-videos. <laughs> do some in the Prius. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, guys, we went to the movies and really saw a bunch of things. So we got about four or five movies to talk about. So let's get right into it. Who wants to go first? Uh, I mean, I only saw one movie, so we'll just get mine out of the way. Um, Go this is uh, Insidious. The, is it the last key or the last chapter? So, something like that. Is it the last movie? Yeah, I hope so because <laughs> man, they uh, they're running out of ideas. But um, how many have there been? I think this is the fourth one. Okay. The fourth one. But um, I went out with uh, Angie, my girlfriend. We saw this movie. Uh, I believe it was Saturday evening. And basically, this movie follows Elise, the psychic woman who's in. I believe she's in all the movies, and she's the heroine in all these uh, epic adventures. And it shows her growing up and discovering her uh, gift. But unfortunately, her father doesn't like that. And she gets uh, pretty, pretty much uh, beaten up by her abusive father. She does have a younger brother and a great mom, you know, who encourages her to save people with her gifts. Um, I don't know. This, this movie was okay. <laughs> um, only because it, it kind of takes us back into her childhood. But then in the movie, she discovers that somebody has bought her house uh, in New Mexico. So she has to return and literally face her demons from her past. And with all that going on, there is no character development. They just assume that, hey, you're a fan of Insidious. You already know the characters. We don't need to progress them or dive into them a little bit more. Just a little bit backstory. Here you go. They did have a good few jumps and scares. I mean, I jumped three times throughout the movie. Uh, but in the end... This was okay. Um, I'm not saying, hey, go go rush out and see Insidious, The Last Key. Um, if you want to see it as a date night movie and just have some fun, 
um, check it out. But is this really a must-see? I, I doubt it because there was a lot of plot holes and a lot of things missing uh, throughout the entire movie. And one thing, because I believe this is a prequel to all the un- other Insidious movies. Uh, there's a part in the movie where I'm like, oh, she could have just avoided the entire series by closing a door. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked at that scene in, in, in my head and I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, so if this was a prequel to all the Insidious movies, she could have avoided all that by closing a door. <laughs> it was plain and simple. Interesting. Well, they put okay. prequels in general always put themselves in a corner depending on what they show. Kind of like uh, the Star Wars tr- prequels, they could technically end the whole series if they just don't train Anakin the whole time or they listen to people and or kill Anakin. Show. It would have been good. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So I would rate this movie maybe like a a solid seven. Oh, that high? Yeah, solid seven. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, James, I'm curious to know your impressions. You got to see The Shape of Water. Uh, Did you think, looking back at it, would it have been made it to your list of one of the best movies of 2017? I liked it quite a lot. Uh, a lot, actually. But I don't think... I think, to be honest, it's a little overhyped. It was actually a good story, a little a good fantasy tale. Uh, well shot. Uh, I like the classic music and it's uh, it's it's setting during this uh, the Cold War. Um, however, I thought the, relation, the main relationship that the movies focus on was probably the most underdeveloped to me uh, between... Fishman, the sexy fishman, and uh, uh, the mute lady. I actually liked more of the villain, and then her, um, the pe- the person he takes, she takes, takes care of, uh, um, the artist guy. Yeah, I found their subplots a lot more interesting than the main one. I thought it was a little quick for her. Like, I get why she likes the dude, but like, it's it's a little quick. I don't know for uh, just for my taste, but I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Very beautiful shot. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of Guillermo del Toro's best, but it's one of the best in his recent uh, years. Okay. Um, And then I'll go with one just to kind of round us out here. Um, I went to go see the Phantom Thread. Uh, This is the movie by Paul Thomas Anderson. You'll know him from movies such as uh, Boogie Nights or There Will Be Blood. And uh, also it's starring, um, what's his name? James, help me out here. Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, what appears to be his final performance, he says. And uh, basically this is a movie about a tailor that is very obsessed with his work. And it is a very eccentric guy, hard to get along with. And uh, ends up falling in love with this uh, waitress woman that he finds in a small town. And it's just... It's kind of exploration of this guy, who he is as a character and how he is within a relationship and what it's like to be with a guy that is like this. And um, first of all, hold on. Let me just point out that I I happen to see this in 70 millimeter and I was surprised because why would you even shoot this movie in 70 millimeter? Like it's about tailors and a lot of scenes are indoors, but it didn't cost anything extra. And I just figured, Hey, let me just go see what it is. And, you know, they did fill out the frame and it was cool to see it. Cause, uh, you know, it's a very beautiful looking movie in terms of the costumes and the set design. It really does make you feel like you're in the 1950s, but, uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm curious to see what the motivation was for shooting in 70 millimeter. I don't think, uh, was not everyone does it for the scenery. It's, uh, 
basically their love for actual film. So everything is nowadays filmed in digital. A lot of these uh, artists or directors tend to stick to uh, an older format uh, that they tend to prefer, which is 70 millimeter or just film in general. Um, I know that Nolan is one of them that does that. And I believe uh, Tarantino. So it's it's kind of a dying breed and a format, but uh, I can see these directors holding on to that still. Regardless, well, fair of enough. Their content. But but why go to seventy? I guess you can do it in mm-hmm. thirty-five. Uh, good question. That's uh, a yeah. director there. Yeah. Um, all right. So as as for the story itself, uh, first off, the performances are great, but this guy isn't very likable, um, and it makes it really hard to believe why someone would want to love this guy. He is very obsessive about his job to the point where he doesn't care about anything else. And I don't want to give too much of the plot points away, but it was to the extent that he's having breakfast. And I guess that was his most creative time. And uh, the girl that uh, he's in a relationship with is trying to butter her bread. And that he finds that noise so disturbing to him that he, he says that his work is ruined for the day <laughs> and uh, he, that she needs to learn how to not do that or not eat at all. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's just, it's hard to kind of root for these characters and it's kind of a dark love story, I would say. Um, but it's interesting to see. So I don't know if I would just recommend it highly. Um, the performances are, are really good. The, the music is great. Because uh, it has this very classical music type of uh, score to it. Um, the costumes are great, but um, I don't know if it... I didn't walk away from this movie saying, man, this movie was great, or I was so like caught up in the storyline. It's just, you just want to see where it goes. But, yeah. How much uh, sewing action is in this movie? So he's actually the designer of the dresses. And then he has a whole crew of women that... Uh, live in his well, not live, but they kind of go to his home to uh, actually sew the dresses. Okay. And so, uh, you know, um, there is some sewing. There is some. You really do feel like if you want to see what it takes to kind of design like dresses and the work that it takes, it's interesting to see that and to see the process and what how someone would be if they really were creative and and doing this. But. Um, I just think that uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm really liking the characters as much. And I question some of their motivations for certain things that they do. I see. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is you, James. Uh, this movie is, I would say, on the same kind of serious level as Phantom Thread. It is Lego Ninjago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite enjoy these Lego movies. And this doesn't... Um, this movie is just as uh, a good time as the other ones. These They know how to kind of get into the nostalgia of the adults uh, uh, that used to play Lego and have a sort of meta humor of uh, current pop culture or uh, something that's uh, that most kids, I guess, that's a little younger that's really aimed for, really won't understand. And I enjoyed this one quite a lot. Uh, this one has kind of a story where uh, it's about this town of Ninjago, which is a uh, kind of like Asian themed sort of, uh, and they are always getting raided by this villain named uh, Gorgadon. And uh, w- what protects this city is this group of ninjas, um, and they're kind of like Power Rangers esque, where they have different colors 
and they have a different giant mech or mecha suit. Uh, the thing that makes this a twist is that um, the main green ninja is the son of Gorgonon, but he Gorgonon doesn't pretty much uh, know that he exists or uh, refuses to believe that he has a son because he's so evil. And I, I had a great time with it. It does more of like the first Lego movie where it mixes live action stuff with uh, Lego world stuff. So you'll see a giant cat attack the city, um, like a real cat, not like an animated cat, a real cat go into the Lego world and wreck things because that's what cats do. Um, but I highly had a good time with it. I'm actually surprised it got rated so negatively. Uh, it's definitely not in the spectrum of Lego Batman or Lego movie itself, but I still had a good time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is how it stacks up to uh, Lego Batman, but it seems to be kind of a one notch below, would you say? Uh, I would say under the Lego movie. Okay, it's been a while since I saw that one. Yeah. But it's, it's more Lego movie than Lego Batman, let's say that, in terms of its humor. Everything okay, so- is awesome. Okay, <laughs> just me. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, Lego Ninjago. And uh, did you happen to rent that or use? is it on a streaming service? Uh, yes, on Voodoo. On Voodoo, okay, cool. Uh, and then uh, last up for me is I went to go see The Post. This is a movie directed by Steven Spielberg. And apparently this movie was made in a very short time. Uh, and he Spielberg literally was able to take a break between post-production on... Uh, Ready Player One, Warner Brothers gave him permission to then shoot this movie. He, he was really attracted to this script, and uh, they really made this movie in a very short period of time. And um, I, I liked it a lot. I don't know if it's for everyone, though, because you have to sort of be into, like, do you like journalism-type movies? You know what I mean? Like It depends on how well it's done, because normally I'm not into that genre, but if it's well-told and well-directed, kind of like, you remember Spotlight? I you know, didn't know much of that subject, but the movie uh, portrayed it so well, I was still intrigued. Is this kind of on so, that level? Well, let me, let me say this. It is actually not as much a journalism movie, in, whereas Spotlight was all about the reporters and how they collected and interviewed... Uh, people to get this information to write the story right this is about we have this information that the president that the uh, government is lying to the u.s and if we print it are we going to get in trouble and it was about more about the the owner of the washington post which at that time was not a really well-known newspaper it's a small newspaper and she is a woman owner because her uh, husband had died and left the newspaper to her and it's really her making that decision and what are the moral implications or journalism implications of should we print this information? Is it worth the risk of going to jail for uh, to do that? And so it's really interesting to me to see that discussion. It's a lot of discussion like should we do this? What are, you know, what, what do we stand for? And also when you really think about I, I do think that that's why I think Spielberg wanted it to come out this year is because here's the overall thread, which is you have an administration in power that doesn't like the coverage that it's getting in the media. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to prevent things from being, uh, you know, said about them in a negative light. Does that sound familiar? Yep. No, not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. So you can see why that's very, uh, you know, topical. having a yeah topical and really with today's, uh, you know, times and the times we're living in. So 
I, I liked it for that. And I liked it for, uh, you know, I had always heard the Pentagon Papers uh, discussed in school. And this really gives you an idea of really what that was, where it came from and and what the challenges were and what the discussions were at the time. So if you like that kind of a movie, I think you're going to love this because uh, the acting is great. And John Williams did a score on this. And I really like the score as well. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. But but he brought the big guns, sounds like, in terms of yeah. production. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's a recommendation for me. But you have to kind of know what you're getting into this isn't like oh my god let's follow the story and see where it goes this is history so that's already been spoiled for you if you know what happened (laughs) true that um (laughs) so i liked it and uh, i would definitely recommend it if this is something that you're interested in this topic all right well let's get into some tv shows um james why don't you start us out sure so i'm just gonna go over real quick uh some recommendations uh, that I saw recently and that I quite enjoyed. One of them is this Netflix uh, documentary series called "The Toys That Made Us." I think I it, saw uh, this as well. Oh, so you did? Okay. Um, All of them. I enjoyed this quite a lot. This is kind of candid take on the the how uh, these specific toys. Each episode represents a different one, such as Star Wars toys, Barbie, uh, GI Joe, and how uh, cultural phenomenon there was the making of these, the creation of them, and how. Uh, and how they got to be where they are. What I really appreciated about a lot of these is how candid they are with uh, with the, the interviews and how like, there's lots, so much drama in between certain uh, properties and some people think they created it, but some people did they did. And then how they go into the business as- aspects, especially in the Star Wars one where uh, George Lucas pretty much uh, out of necessity and just in a rush had to... Uh, what, what did he get? Like only... He sold the, the license to Kenner, and he only gets five percent or five cents to the dollar, something to that very small amount. And uh, since the, it was kind of a gamble, Star Wars became a big phenomenon, and he only got a little bit of it because he had no choice but to sell that license as soon as he can. But uh, well, I don't I don't remember what the exact nature of his deal was, but I think one of the trends to emerge is that a lot of these guys that uh, were offered hey do you just want to lump some of money or do you want like one percent of the royalties and a lot of these guys because at that sum. time that was a lot of money yep. yeah they took the lump sum and then just ended up regretting it mm-hmm. uh <laughs> definitely for sure and it was interesting on he-man on how that was uh created out of focus testing of kids of you know what what don't what kids don't like which is to be told uh what to do by their parents and how their catchphrase is based on that is that they want these kids to have the power and control and all that stuff. Uh, so very enlightening. Uh, I can't wait for the second half of the series, which is supposed to come a couple months from now. I think that's going to be on uh, Transformers, uh, Hello Kitty, Lego, and something else. I forget, but highly recommend. Do you have anything uh, you can add to that? Uh, I think you about covered it. Um, yeah, even if you like the Barbie episode, I thought I was going to be least interested in. But that was a very compelling story yeah, very. In, in terms of like where it came from and even just uh, how the shape of the body that it was in and mm-hmm. the certain anatomy that it had to have. And it's really interesting. Definitely. And uh, the next show just aired, actually, and I would uh, recommend it. it's a CW show called Black Lightning. Uh, this is actually a DC superhero. However, this doesn't take place in the same universe as their current Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow universe. And I think it's better for it because this one feels a little bit more intimate tale. And it totally feels like a whole different style of show. This actually feels more in line with the Marvel Netflix series. I would say more closer to uh, Daredevil Luke Cage in terms of its 
how grounded it is um and i actually really enjoyed it it's uh i'm actually looking forward to this more than the other shows nowadays um just based on the story basically it's about this retired superhero um black lightning who used to be a hero uh, for his for his uh, for his community back in the day however uh, with that responsibility it ruined his marriage and his relationship with his kids so he gave it oh, up that's interesting yeah it's it's a very adult story it's not like a very campy yeah. like the other shows and then um he ended up being a principal for the rest of these times and uh, just to be with his family and see his kids grow up and as they grow up uh, the community changes it gets you know more gang related a lot of social commentary with you know um with with cops uh, arresting uh african-american or black uh people around there because it's, it's in a community where it's primarily dominant of that culture and they go uh, alongside a lot of that and uh it because of gangs and then it's starting to affect his daughter he, he dons the suit again to uh help his his community it's not he's not trying to save the world he's just trying to uh, make his community better and I really enjoyed it I highly recommend you checking out uh, Ron maybe just the first episode uh, you can watch it just download the CW app on Xbox and they'll have it on there it's gonna have well, I think it, it should be covered by Hulu uh, mm-hmm. Hulu hasn't had CW in a while so I don't, Are you serious? Yeah, I don't, oh, that sucks. I don't think so. <laughs> so get the CW app uh, you're gonna have ads but whatever you'll check the first episode if you don't like it don't continue it but I actually was very impressed by this the only thing I have a problem with it and this was uh, my problem with just what gave my initial perception of the show before watching it is that uh, just based on how he looks um, he, his costume is very dumb looking to me and it, <laughs> it didn't fit the the groundedness of what they're going for because you know how Luke Cage at least he's just wearing a, a whatever uh uh, yellow shirt and jeans and even though he's doing this fantastical things it, it still looked okay you know to fit in the grounded world this one he's wearing like a full-on cheesy looking cosplay suit and it, it doesn't it doesn't mesh well in my opinion um well but i guess it could make sense if this is he used to be the costume a long time ago and maybe that was more acceptable that's than true. you know what i mean that's true that makes sense uh, so this is a, now it's he's a bit out of date because yeah. he's returning to costume now i had no idea anything about this black lightning character i was almost confusing him with uh static shock do you ever see that character? i like static it shock was... uh, but it's not the same character <laughs> so he, does he literally have lightning powers mm, it's suit it's suit based it's not necessarily like he's not, oh, he's not the god I of see. thunder like thor and it's like that okay it's, uh, <laughs> it is suit based so um i de- definitely highly recommend the show and this like you know deals a lot with gang violence and there's a lot of that you normally don't see even in other shows like a lot of uh, with actual real guns and getting shot and like, you know, he, he, he like mid body shots and he, he has to like, you know, go to doctor and heal all that stuff. I'm actually extremely impressed for being a CW show. Cause you know how we go into arrow and flash. We kind of know what we're getting into. Even yeah. they, they're more campy, more fun. Uh, but we know that it's uh, uh, more of a, uh, like a like a little more budget of a show. This one doesn't feel that way. It, it actually feels kind of like a more mature show and I would recommend it. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, since we're talking about comic shows, did you stick around with uh, The Gifted? Did you stick around with uh, Runaways, Marvel Runaways? Yes, actually, I really like Runaways. You did. Uh, so which one of those would you say proved out to be uh, the better of the two shows? They're different. Kind of looking at what's been presented so far. They're kind of different. Um, Gifted just – they both just ended, by the way. They're only like 13 episodes uh, or actually Runaways is 10. Um Gifted, I like where it's going right now. It's kind of Gifted is more of the darker show, just straight out. 
because uh, that universe is more bleak and more towards like anti mutants and all that stuff. And where it's at now, they name drop Magneto, and it's in this uh, part. I don't know if you ever saw the episodes, but there there's a character that's Magneto's daughter, Polaris. Uh, she's very yeah. important to it. I enjoy where they're going with it at right now, but as in terms of a series uh, whole, I think I, I enjoyed Runaways a lot better in terms of the concept is different. Like it's like it it felt kind of like teens, and then like it's kind of a coming of age story that they just happen to have fantastical events where their parents are villains, and not everyone has powers. It's just like a few kids, um, and in Gifted, it's pretty, primarily about uh, mutants and uh, their struggle. Uh, with society and them running away constantly from uh, the the government, and they they they're different takes. Uh, if you didn't like Gifted, I don't recommend continuing it, but I enjoy where it's at now compared to where it's in the beginning. And Runaways, it's pretty solid the whole way through. But it's more uh, you do have to keep in mind that these are kids, so they have more of that kid melodrama, uh, teen yeah. melodrama. Um, but yeah. it's more of the I guess adults of the two because it's uh, you know they curse more they curse in Runaways and uh, there's a little bit more violence in Runaways because I guess since it's on Hulu they get away with it compared to what yeah. it does in Fox so uh, solid all around for both shows um, Agents of Shield is so much better this season than it's been in the last quite a while I don't know if you kept up with that I gotta, I gotta get back to it yeah, yeah I have not space. got a chance since we're yeah. since we're in a little recap hour and what's extremely good so far <laughs> is uh it's Star Trek um it came back just recently from its little break that they had this mid season break and man it's it's going full force into uh into kind of dark territories and some people are like dying and it's it's stellar so by far i was actually surprised so. you know is it available you know like on itunes or something uh great question i would have to follow up on you with you on that all right no worries okay mondo did you get a chance you've been a little quiet did you get a chance to uh see anything on tv what's television <laughs> okay well then let's get right into our video game coverage and mondo i know you got a chance to play the dragon ball Z, uh, what is this even the proper title of the game called? Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, Fi- Dragon Ball Fighters with the Z on the end of it. Yes, kind of like Bretts with a Z. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those toys. I used to work at a toy Yes. <laughs> well, okay. I hope you had better luck than me, Mondo, because, man, I couldn't get into one game, and apparently I wasn't the only one. There's quite a few people were having issues, and I think the servers were down at one point. So, did you have any luck getting into a proper game? Got into, I want to say, one proper game, which I actually won. Um, the introductions to the characters is really awesome. Uh, once you get into the fight, knock your opponent out or one of the characters. There's this cool cinematic that introduces a second character and this cool, this, this cool interaction and dialogue going on. And I was so focused into the match, I didn't realize, because uh, James brought this up, that there's the actual commentator... From the tournaments, I don't know if you're familiar with the anime, but in the anime, there's a yeah. uh, tournament announcer, and he's uh, kind of like, you know, doing his own commentary, and you can see his little icon in the top middle of the screen. I was just really amazed by the high, highly detailed graphics, and the shell shaded mm-hmm. graphics, I should say, of these characters, and I was really blown away. Uh, like I said, I did manage to win one fight, but then that was it. Um, I took it to the practice mode, and that was a lot of fun. You got to learn the basic mechanics and how certain things work. You have a light punch, medium punch, heavy attack, and 
a special ability, which is pretty much the fireballs that they generate with their key. And um, it was really awesome. I enjoyed it a lot for the limited amount of time we had with the game. Uh, what was your experience like, James? Uh, I agree most part with you. The graphics are extremely, extremely beautiful, very polished, uh, vibrant. And I really like the the little details they do with character interactions. If you pair certain people together, they have a little special intro and also special outro if you uh, finish off between a specific pairing. So that's kind of a nice thing. They don't do that too much in Fighters uh, outside Injustice nowadays. I miss that in Street Fighter where... I love that. I know like, I miss those those like fist special bumps. intros, fist bumps, whatever. Just little details. Yeah. Those were always uh, um, a nice touch to have and they're bringing this back with dragon ball fighters and in terms of the gameplay it feels very much so like uh i think in even simpler marvel versus capcom kind of mixed with like it has tagging like marvel versus capcom uh and kind of the juggling of it but it doesn't it it doesn't because they there's a break in between the rounds it kind of feels like king of fighters at the same time when someone's out it, it the, the action doesn't immediately continue. It kind of does like a little animation, kind of like another round start thing, which is fine. It's just a different take on it. Um, I'm not sure if you could do assist in match, kind of like Marvel yet. I, I only know how to tag. I'm not sure if you got it's, to it's that. It's the same part. button. It's the same button, James. You just tap it. Okay, so the you just tap it. Or the uh, left bumper. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, cool. and uh, I, I really like. I think this game is very. You know, this might sound negative, but I'm not trying to say it in a negative way. It's a super, super, uh, I guess, um, broader audience, casual game uh, to get into. Good. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I, it's it feels kind of like. Do you remember? You know, speaking of easy operations, the EO mode in um, in Capcom vs. K2 or uh, auto com- auto combo in Killer Instinct or even. Uh, recently uh, simple mode in Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Yeah, I like that. So yes, then you'll definitely like this the, the combat then. So basically... Is it on by default? Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- no, it's not that it's on. It's the game. That's just how the game is. The game. It's not... It's, oh, I see. So you, you know, you pretty much just mash on light and it'll do a combo for you and then it'll even end off with the special move. Same thing with uh, um, the, the other buttons. King like of me. Fighters. You use this, uh, mm-hmm. the X button? The square button, well, sorry, because it's on the PS4. Yeah. Right, the the layout is like King of Fighters, but the the gameplay is not like it. It's just uh, it's like auto combo. So basically, you know, you you press light a couple times and it does an auto combo, and then you press heavy, it does a little auto combo, and you can mix it up, mix and match. But they, I don't think they have individual moves where like um, you can like do a fireball motion and then it oh, they uh, do. comes something. <laughs> I, I didn't see it uh, in the yeah, multiple times that I play, which but, is uh, kind of weird because it, it's. How can I put this? They're not um, Street Fighter esque. They're more right, of the because right. uh, it's, it's just how the system works. So it's it's going to mimic a little bit of uh, Guilty Gear, where you're you're looking at the characters like, wow, that's a special move, and it's just something so. Mm-hmm. so simple. I don't I don't see it like that either uh, because I think it's even more simpler than that. I it's full on auto combat moves, uh, but I don't see uh, outside of the specials. Um, outside the specials, there's not much other moves that are unique that I can tell that are different. I mean, the animations are different, like whatever the attacks and the combos and the special powers. But like, uh, like for example, Guilty Gear, you do a fireball motion. Uh, he does a little fire thing on the floor. But if you do it with Kai, he does a little whatever, um, the little lightning straight. And if they each have their own little uppercut thing, uh, like Shoryuken or whatever. But in this one, you do that. There, nobody has those kind of moves 
in uh, Dragon Ball uh, Fighters. I'm not to say that's a bad thing, but this I'm just this is what I noticed uh, from the beta. They don't. I think that's how they get away with having a lot of characters too, because they don't have to make individual moves. Um, uh, they don't have much of a move set outside of the of the combo system. Uh, which has a lot of depth. You still got to figure out how to use it correctly and defend it correctly. Uh, but in terms of individual moves, they don't seem to have that much uniqueness. Uh, from what I can tell, this is just a beta. I'm not to say this is the same thing on the final product, but this is only what I noticed. And everything's based on the combo system, uh, which is the, those, that's the only thing that changes per character to me. And those specials, of course. The specials, they all look different, but they all are initiated the same way too, which is uh, Hadouken and RB or backwards Hadouken and RB. Yeah, you also got your uh, like a little power up when you hit the hold the uh, right trigger button. Mm-hmm. You can level RB. up so yeah, and then that's when you could do your your specials and all that your stuff. Specials and your super kamehamehas and what have you. But um, right. no, I was actually using a, a different character. I kind of mixed it up. I was using Krillin, mm-hmm. and uh, his move sets were were kind of odd because he has like a like if you motion that quarter circle forward with a punch or any of those three attack buttons. He sends out like a uh, kind of like a I'm, I'm gonna use this anime uh, term like a like a shadow clone kind of like Naruto, and, and you see like a clone of his just kind of go forward. I couldn't connect that move, so it was kind of weird. Like, what is what is this? Like, I, I feel like it was a wasted move for mm-hmm. me. Like, is that his special? Like, what is he gonna do? Slap him? <laughs> um, but he does have some other moves. Basically, if you just do the quarter circle with the fireball button um it's not going to unleash like multiple fireballs it'll unleash a kamehameha so there are special moves you just have to um i wouldn't want to say oh you got to look for them like i just went into the uh button menu and then i saw the special moves i was like okay so this is what they have and and again it's not going to look flashy it's not going to have like uh because we're so used to and we've seen this uh, throughout the years like somebody has to have an uppercut move well they're doing something different and i like that not everybody has to have the typical ryu uppercut sure you can so i'm happy to see that yeah it's very simple very simple it's a very simplistic uh casual game and i can see that's how they were managed to make a lot of characters in it but that's a good thing because if i could just present the other point you know it's so hard to learn a whole new system Mm -hmm. of games and if you could just jump in there man and just press a couple of buttons and have a good time and see amazing stuff. That that's kind of cool too. So I could see both sides to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I never said anything was bad of it. I'm just saying this is probably the most simplistic out of all the fighting games out there. So do you feel like? I mean, it, it's hard to tell because we don't have the full game. But do you feel like it will limit how much you play this long term? No, I think there's a, always a for any fighter. There's always gonna be a uh, either community for it or like a, a like how. It depends on like like for me in this specific case since it's a lot simpler it'd be easier to learn every character because everyone's pretty much the same uh, in terms of how to do things so it makes it a lot better in terms of longevity where you can learn every character compared to just picking one and uh, learn, learning their extensive move list so it's a little double edged sword for me personally but uh, it's still quite fun okay yeah. Sounds good. Well, that's the beta, and the actual game comes out on the twenty sixth. Um, and they they had mentioned uh, Nemco Bandai mentioned that they were considering doing a new beta because so many people could not jump onto the game, but it has not been announced as of yet. All right. Well, uh, James, you finally got a chance to play one of the best games of the year, which is Assassin's Creed Origins. I finished it, and I can give you my sort of 
overall impressions now being done with it. Now, what do you think and how far are you in? Uh, I haven't played too much. Uh, maybe just an hour at most, hour or two. Um, it's definitely an Assassin's Creed game. Uh, I think they just added a lot of RPG elements to it, which is a nice little change. And uh, some Ghost Recon elements as well which is oddly enough kind of funny where you, your your drone is pretty much the that's one of the best the things yeah i really like that part yeah it's it's pretty cool uh i don't i just don't like that they force you to do a like everything's level gated and right off the bat too right out of the tutorial i can't go to the next <laughs> to a next story mission without having to do like all these other side missions just to get there and then I don't know, like not all of it, not all of the side stuff is interesting uh, to me, and I, I'd rather focus on the story at hand. But I think that's my biggest con with it. I, it it definitely feels better than the other Assassin's Creed, especially since you don't have to climb as much, uh, as far as I'm at, where I'm at, anyways. Um, well, the climbing is more flexible too. You can climb anywhere, whereas before it had to be certain walls. Right. This is like almost anything you can climb. Kind of like Zelda-ish. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think maybe just the the Assassin's Creed trappings, just the forcing you to do the side things, it kind of turns me off in, in certain aspects, and it makes me not want to move forward because, like, ah, oh, great, this level, this is a level seven mission. I gotta go and you know <laughs> go chase this guy, or I forgot what they call the Avenger missions or, or something like that, and do that. And like, okay, I guess. Um, but I do appreciate the the. The RPG elements to it, it, it adds a lot of uh, depth to it that I, I couldn't find interesting in the other games. The other games were just the skill trees. This one has the skill tree too, but um, you, you have more. You have a gear loot system this time. So I guess that uh, it, made, it, made, it's made, it made it feel a little different to me. I do like the setting. Graphics are really pretty. Um, I, I do find the modeling and some of the animation not as good as it could be, I guess, um, especially for the NPCs uh, compared to the main character. Yes, yes. Uh, the main characters look the best and, and in the cutscenes, but you're right. All the players you run into over the course of the game, it's not as detailed. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't keep up that look. Uh, it does look amazing on the X, though. Everything's pretty sharp and vibrant. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to going through it. I'm just I'm a little concerned how much they continue to gate uh, the stuff because like, it, it all really depends on how well also the side stuff are. And a lot of it was very trivial, in my opinion. A lot of them just telling me, like, oh, help me, help me do this thing. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, um, yeah, and it's hard to tell. Some of them do turn out to be interesting and there's multi-steps to it. Mm. Um, but it's hard to tell which ones are the ones worth pursuing. Uh, one thing that can give you motivation is that sometimes it does tell you what the prize is going to be. It will be like rare bow or right. a costume. Um, or this amount of experience. So maybe you could just do the ones that will give you most experience so you could just jump through those. Is there one that kind of makes you run a little quicker? Because you know how in the old uh, old Assassin's Creed, you can kind of hold the R trigger and you kind of bolt. This one, I feel like you're running, but it's not that fast. Or can you get faster? Um, use your horse okay. or camel. I see. Okay. <laughs> That's the only thing. Or chocobo. Um, Yes, uh, which, by the way, the Chocobo is uh, is a reskinned camel. It even makes the same noises as the camel. <laughs> as it plays that Chocobo yeah. music, at, at least. Yeah, but, but the loot that you get from the little Final Fantasy uh, Easter egg mm. is a really solid sword and shield that uh, I was using for quite a bit. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and what, you know, one of the things that I like that is cool is if you like any piece of loot in the game, you can continue to upgrade it to your level just by paying the, um, the shopkeeper. 
however, it does get more expensive if it's a higher tier weapon. It, it will get more expensive and it makes you use other weapons. So you're constantly getting a bunch of new gear. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll run into some duplicates, um, but it's still a solid variety, and some of them have status effects and things like that. And I actually, I actually feel a little opposite of you two in terms of the combat. I actually like the combat a lot better than the other Assassin's Creed. Uh, yeah, I, f- I figured you would, but I see you like it because it's probably more skill based, right? Uh, yeah, you know, you you can like plan things, and then you know when you when you when you strike it, you know that. I, I don't know. It, I guess it is dexterity dexterity based, but I do uh, like that it's more involved because of that. Yeah, um, and ultimately it comes down to using the uh, the higher tier moves to get past their blocks mm-hmm. um, when you get to the, the more tougher characters. Um, what I do appreciate, but, another thing too, is that I don't know if this is the whole game or not, but I have yet to see anything related to the future or Abstergo or whatever uh, as of yet. The more, the least of that, the better, in my opinion. You're going to find that in the transitions between assassinating the major people that you're after. Ah, uh, okay. okay. And a lot of it is kind of hidden in some of the secret places that you find, okay. but it's not super into the, to the game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, this is what I just want to say is that, boy, brace yourself, man. This is a long game and it's huge. <laughs> Even I, I, last week, I pointed out to you guys, I said, uh, guys, I'm almost at the end. And that's because it was saying, hey, you can't turn back if you're going to this point. But that was just for a mission. And I play for at least two hours <laughs> more <laughs> until I saw the proper credits roll. You know, And so this is a very long game. And even when you're done, you get right back into it and you can continue where you left off. Um, and I'm really liking it. And I actually did the... Uh, it was a timed event to defeat Anubis. I beat him. And then I actually am going to end up picking up buying the uh, expansion pass because uh, one of the games or one of the first one apparently takes place like four years after the events conclude of this game. Oh, wow. So story-based. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're two big story-based ones. And uh, I think the second DLC one actually goes into the more uh, gods and monsters type of content. Mm. Uh, (laughs) yeah i would love it to go off supernatural like that so looking forward let me know how that is then yeah i'll let you know how it is cool all right and then uh i mentioned to you last week that i was gonna pop in some games that i bought on a black friday sale and one of them was uh deus x mankind divided um guys i don't know if my taste has changed or if i have a lower patience but I tapped out on this game very quickly. Probably both. Uh, <laughs> probably both, man. Yeah. Uh, so I actually bought the first one. I passed the whole thing. Um, and this one, you know, the the character is just like, he has his voice like this, like <laughs> Solid Snake. Oh, right. You know, and just kind of like, yeah, Rob, I was like, did you like the game, uh, though? No, I didn't, Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, you know, and then I didn't like the control scheme and I was just trying to mess around with a few things. I set it on easy and I still found myself dying. I never had enough bullets to kill certain enemies. And then there was this one section. I was just trying to get to my mission and somehow I went past the security gate and things were killing me. And I was just like, I'm not having fun with this. This isn't really taking like capturing my attention right off the bat. So, uh, you know, I put it off to the side, and I'm glad I paid, like, I think it was seven bucks for that one. It's no PUBG. 
Oh, no. No, dude. <laughs> to its credit, man, I'm far more invested in PUBG than I was in this Deus Ex game. And so that's my non-review of it. Once? Uh, James got the chicken dinner, but I'm Congrats. getting close to a chicken dinner. <laughs> uh, and so then, you know, that was that one. So, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, I can't really comment on the whole game. But it didn't get great scores overall, though. That's kind of why the price dropped on it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So next up, um, I put in uh, Mafia 3. And that did get me right off the bat. And uh, I did set this on easy as well. And uh, I'm definitely going to continue to play this one. It's a, This is the one that takes place in uh, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Your character is like uh, half black, half Haitian, I believe. No, not Haitian, not Dominican or something like that. And uh, he's an interesting character because he came back from Vietnam and, you know, he's just trying to help out his family, but they're involved in a lot of gangs and they're trying to pull off this Who heist that's right in the beginning right? of the game. Am I right? <laughs> and uh, they're trying to get this in the, literally one of the first things you're doing in this game is uh, robbing a, like a, to do a heist. What do you call it? Yeah. Do a heist basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's about this heist that went wrong and what happened and, the cutscenes are almost shot like a documentary, yeah, like the people talking to the camera. The presentation, I really like the presentation and the soundtrack that's associated with it. All the success. Yeah, James, did you end up picking this up for yourself? Uh, not as of yet. I plan to eventually again once it goes on sale. Okay, yeah. Um, so I think you would like this game. And uh, Oh, yeah, I played, the, I played the demo, which carries over to the full game. Uh, the demo lets you play whatever the first three hours or whatever. Um, but you, you know, it goes to that point where you have to buy it, but, uh, I'm glad that it saves the progress cause I would have to go through that all over again. But yeah, eventually, you know what? I, I actually did the demo as well and I didn't do the full three hours, but I passed at least two missions mm-hmm. and I deleted, I don't know if this had something to do with it, but I deleted the demo and then it didn't record my progress. <laughs> so over. I had to start from the beginning. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't invest too much. So just. Just a heads up and maybe want to look up how you kind of carry over that progress. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I think you would like this. James. How does it look uh, with the X upgrade? Well, I didn't see what it looked like beforehand, but uh, you do get HDR. And, uh, again, that's kind of the problem with the One uh, X upgrades is that the game doesn't do a real good job of communicating what is being enhanced. Yeah. Um, I Because um, I'm pretty sure it had HDR just by itself before it got upgraded. Possibly. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It looks good to me, but because it has HDR on it. So I don't know. Uh, but it looks good and uh, definitely would recommend that. And I'm going to continue to play that as well. Sounds good. All right. And Mondo, anything else that you want to mention PUBG. as far as games? PUBG. PUBG. You loving it? <laughs> have you unlocked, Mondo, have you unlocked any like of the loot crates that give you the cosmetic items? Same thing. I just got a pair of uh, teacher shoes. Uh, uh, teacher shoes yeah that's what they call them teacher <laughs> shoes i was like okay that's, <laughs> going to that's school. funny got uh, but no, <laughs> the, the, uh, are they like loafers <laughs> no penny loafers <laughs> uh, i'll rock loafers in the game i'll go naked and just keep loafers on that's my job that'd be awesome <laughs> <laughs> but no uh, i think it's like a little bit insane on how these uh loot boxes are uh or bot. I mean, you got to play the game. I had like three kills in one game, and I still got a measly 150, not even 150 credits. It was like 125, and I'm like, what the heck? 
That was fun. Yeah, it's not clear on how it's calculated. Yeah, I huh? think it's not by kills, but it's by your placements in the game. Like it's a set okay. of mod depending on if you died second or whatever. Yeah. So you, you get more in solo, I think, than you get in squads as well. But I mean, you saw me, James. Yeah. I took those three people out, but I, I guess I get a penalty by killing myself because I. Uh... That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you made it all the way there just to kill yourself by boat or something like that. That yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> you went too. You went too fast uh, with momentum, but he bailed out of it. But the boat was still going, and uh, <laughs> you, ran, you ran yourself over. So, say uh, la vie. <laughs> just yep. another day in top ten PUBG. moment. Yeah. <laughs> so close too. I had right. a good loadout too. I had a M four sixteen A or whatnot, and uh, but yeah, that's that's the beauty of the game, you know, the unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. All right, well, let's talk about some news of the week, James. For me, another... tell, us, tell us about what's available in February. Well, if this is for specifically for Game Pass and how an incredible value it is. Uh, they mentioned for February, they announced the new games that are being added to it. Uh, among it's already 100-plus games. They're adding uh, quite some recent games. Uh, one of them is Halo Wars 2. Uh that's uh, an RTS based in the Halo universe and WWE 2K17 and uh, NBA 2K17, as well as Darksiders 2, the, the remastered edition. So pretty solid titles uh, to go along with the solid titles they have on there and still a great value in my opinion. Even just to pay one month of $9 or whatever and just to beat a game or two that you see in that list that interests you. So... Definitely, uh, especially for new buyers out there, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, James, I saw you playing Darksiders. Is that correct? Uh, the for the the, the backwards right? co- uh, compatible version, not the remaster. Oh, nice. Okay. Just, well, how you like? I mean, it? I just popped it in just to see how it ran because it's been a while since I played the first one. I remember two more yeah. vividly because it's a little bit more recent. Um, and I f- forgot the whole city intro portion of. Uh, Darksiders 1 and I think it doesn't hold up as well that that at least that portion uh, but I haven't gotten past I just popped it in just to uh, get acclimated again and see what I remember from it but I think it's still a worthy Zelda clone uh, I think you just gotta get through that whole, mm. uh, city intro yes if I can uh, toot my own horn for a second I actually passed both games on hard oh wow thank you very much <laughs> that horn um, that will I will say that I actually like the hard? first one a lot better. Which ones? Are those the only games you passed on hard? Uh, there's not very many. You're right, Mondo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's only a handful. I, I would say that I put on hard for the most part. But uh, I think the incentive at the time was that they had a 100-point achievement. And I was like, I'm going to try to do this. That's a lot of achievements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, did you guys get a chance to see? I, this literally got announced today. And this is called Nintendo Labo. <laughs> what? Now, Labo? <laughs> Gabo, Gabo, Gabo. Now, <laughs> I, I, I was just messing around in our outline here, and I just put cardboard game for babies. <laughs> because that, honestly, that was kind of like my first reaction when I first like was seeing it on Twitter. I was like, what? So let me try to explain it. This is basically... You know, Nintendo does these things that aren't quite games, but they're like a little experience and you're messing around like toys, I guess. And so I didn't see the full press conference, but from what I understand from the video is that uh, 
you're going to have uh, the ability to make cardboard cutouts of certain items, and then you put your switch in the center of it. And one of the examples shown was like a piano. And then you can start somehow pressing the cardboard keys, and it would um, act like a piano. Hmm. And then another one was like a, a fishing line or fishing rod, I should say. And then you could see like as if you're fishing. And so my first instinct was, I, you know, I'm a bit of a cynical guy. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But I could see that because it's like you don't want to buy plastic instruments. This is the problem with the Wii, right? You didn't want a bunch of plastic in your house. But if you could just mess around with some games for a kid, not only do you take the time to build this uh, and you learn, you know, you're some dexterity with just being able to build it. And then once you're done with it, you just throw it away, you recycle it, and you don't have that thing keeping up space in your house. Uh, so what do you guys think? I have not read up any of this at all. I'm taking a look at it real quick here on our uh, show notes. I mean, uh, you have to buy cardboard? Or do you just they give you an outline and then you make it? Is How does this work? I didn't get to read the articles, but I'm seeing these little gifs here where it shows a boy with a backpack cardboard with a Okay, controller. I got the I got the so for seventy bucks, it's gonna include a variety oh, kit, bucks. which is gonna include yeah, the house, the RC cars, because one of them was kind of okay. cool. That you could do RC cars with it. Fishing rod, the motorbike, and the piano. Hmm. Uh and then if you want the one that apparently you could do like a little robot suit, that one is a eighty dollars. Oh, wow. So do you I mean it sounds cool, uh, like creativity-wise, and maybe for kids. Yeah. Does to you, in your opinion, would like? Oh, I have no interest in this oh, whatsoever. No, no. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> getting it. But but for a kid, I could see that being like really cool. Like if I was a kid, and I'm Is like, "Is there something you're trying to tell us, Grit? <laughs> Are you having? No, oh, okay, okay. No, no. But like, I just. Because a lot of people are freaking out over this and uh, on Twitter. And like, this is so this is so cool, and I it is. I can see the appeal of it, but it's just it's not for me though. I'm not the audience for it. I feel you. So cool, but just not for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see that too. And then a week later, we see Ron having a little backpack. Like, hey, I what's know, up? I'm see you <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the robot backpack. I would have to get a switch first, guys. So we'll see if 2018 is the year in which I get a switch. I don't know. Um, I've honestly been debating, like, do I want a PS4 Pro because I just want stuff in 4K? But I was like, no, I don't play enough PS4 games exactly. uh, to to merit that. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I would honestly, I would be more inclined to get a Switch. Um, but, get a I Switch. Just, uh, but I want to see like a cool little revision to the console. Then I feel like, yeah, I waited. Ha ha. <laughs> Early adopters. <laughs> I could have just put a quarter in one of those little vending machines. <laughs> So, all right. Um, and then the last piece of news. Look, you know, I hate ads on Instagram, guys. <laughs> but you know what? They got me. They got me on this one. <laughs> because I had to do some research on it. And I saw this thing that was called uh, the Pandora Box 4S Arcade Game Console. And so what this is, is if anyone is familiar with what a, a fight stick for like any fighting game on uh, on the consoles look like with the six button, imagine two of these stuck together. Mondo used to have uh, a set of joysticks that we called a Voltron because they bolted together. And it basically imagine an arcade cabinet, but only the part with the controllers on there. And you plug it into a TV and it already has all the emulators for 800 arcade games 
that you can basically just start playing plug and play right off the bat. So for me, this is very appealing because I'm not someone to like, well, A, I don't have a PC, but just to go on to like weird websites and download a bunch of like emulators and I don't know which is which and how do you get it to work on your TV and all this. Um, so we we then looked it up to see what it costs on Amazon. So uh, this one that we were reading about was $215. What do you guys think of it? And uh, does this sound like something you would be interested in? Yes. <laughs> I had to think about it. I'm like, oh. Okay, wow. <laughs> Try to contain your excitement here. <laughs> no, this is really fun. It's it's a lot of throwbacks, a, a lot of uh, retro fighting games, but there's also a mixed bag of other games too that uh, we may not be familiar with. So um, it literally is a Pandora's box because you, you're not sure what you're going to get. It's 815 plus or eight, eight, 815 uh, video games there um, in this uh, emulator there. So there's a couple of titles that caught our attention, which was the... Uh, King of Fighters, Street Fighter, you know, uh, the versus, uh, you know, Marvel versus Capcom titles there. There was also one that James brought to my attention was the uh, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, usually those are kind of like uh, hard to play, but I'm a sucker for those. There's even a, like a Dragon Ball Z one that uh, I believe it never made it statewide, statewide, I'm sorry, uh, stateside. And um, it, it's worth a look. Uh, price tag, 215 I mean, what was it? It's $100 off. On Amazon for uh, that price or eighty? Yeah, I guess when we were looking at the original article, it uh, it was listed at two ninety nine. But um, yeah, I I, I want to do more research on this. This is something I would be interested in. And uh, you know what's funny though is that look, with eight hundred games, you can't expect everything to be an A plus game. I'm gonna name you some games that have funny names I've never even mm-hmm. heard of: uh, Asuka and Asuka, Explosive Breaker, <laughs> X X's. Gondomania. Sounds like adult titles here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Outzone. So, like, you know, I don't know what Dima who. Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dom Dompachi. Oh, two Dompachi. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So you know, but but it does have some like X Men versus Street Fighter. You know, a lot of the King of Fighters games, the the stuff that would legit merit the the full usage of that uh, full Street Fighter control setup there. So this is this is interesting, and I'd like to do more research on it. So that's just uh, thought it was interesting, and you know what, those ads got me, guys. Yeah, and, and I was scrolling <laughs> down, and then somebody had like a Street Fighter four, and I'm like, no, that can't be true, and I'm pretty sure that's just a like a like a scam. Like, oh, look, Street Fighter Four is in there. Like, no, I don't. I don't think so. It, oh, I don't think nice so. This see, is but, uh, based yeah, on yeah. meme on meme cabinets. So a lot of two D stuff. I don't know that you're gonna find any three D stuff in there. Exactly. So I'm like, eh, yeah. Let's see. Two fifteen is not too bad. I'm not saying you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially because if you think about it, just getting one of these type of joysticks in general about is about a hundred bucks. <laughs> Yeah, close to two. Now, yeah, so but now you got all the copyright infringement you can buy. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's true, that, yeah. that Ryu logo and everything, but it does look uh, quite tempting, especially because it's plug and play. You don't need to, like you mentioned, hassle with downloads and all that. It's already set up for you. Just put it on a TV, and you have an instant arcade. What, 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 what makes it like that's so cool? You know, like what's better than that? other than having an actual yeah. cabinet, but no one has space for that. At least you can make a little bit of space for a dual joystick setup that you can just put on your lap or on a table and you're good to go. But what if you're playing alone though? Isn't that kind of like cumbersome to just like 
<laughs> well, but it wouldn't. But it wouldn't move though. You you're just still on your left side of the of the thing. There, it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but but I do think this would benefit more, especially because this cannot go online. So it really does benefit. Like, and that, I think that's what's cool about it is that you could just take it to somebody's yep. house, as opposed to if you had these on computer. You know, you can take your whole PC Do there. That. Yeah. Got a backup. So I'll put it in. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, unfortunately, no show feedback. I'm not going to even ask for it anymore. But if you did want to send it to us, uh, you can send it at easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. Um, you know, I got to be careful what I wish for, guys, because, uh, you know, what if, What if I all of a sudden we do get show feedback and everyone's crapping on us, telling us how horrible we are? I did a video for work and, like, I don't even want to read the comments because people are just like, oh, what's this? And just saying the dumbest thing. So, look, I know I know our audience is uh, a lot smarter than them. They're not going to send us dumb comments, but you never know. You never know. <laughs> so, you know, if you want, if you want to say something nice, leave us some show feedback or give us a review on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, like the Facebook page, Mondo is the moderator on that thing. And uh, anything new that uh, you want to point out there, Mondo, on the Facebook page? Uh, no, same old, same old. But uh, I'm going to put more content, you know, more Q&A stuff uh, for you guys who follow us on Facebook, uh, which we really appreciate. And uh, we'll keep going from there. James, want to add anything as well? like to thank our usual friend of the show Facehugger, for always supplying us the music he's uh doing quite a few tours here so check his website out and if you like the music uh, give him a follow cool all right well that's gonna do it for us and as always good night guys good night good night